It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the TV Line Podcast. I'm Kimberly Roots. Today's guest is Betty Gilpin of Glow whose performance as Debbie Egan slash Liberty Bell in the Netflix series recently earned her an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Betty, first, I can't, we have to talk about Emmy nomination. That... Ah! <laughs> I, wish we could, I wish I could just show people the face you just made because it's like, ha- like three-quarters elation, one like I might have to hide under a table. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I'm so scared. <laughs> it's very exciting. I don't know. I um, It's just not... It was never in my uh, dream wheelhouse. So I feel like I don't have any context for reaction about it. Like, I... There are stories of, like, when the Native Americans first saw the colonial ships coming in and that they couldn't physically see them because they had no context for it. Like, their brains erased it. And that is how I feel about being nominated for an Emmy. Do you forget that you were nominated? Like, does it hit you sometimes and you're like, what? Yes. I constantly forget. And then I feel like, I I, I don't know. I'm so excited. I just, I think I always had a very... um, realistic sense of what was achievable as an actor you know 0.000001 percent of the population get to um get health insurance as actors let alone play parts that are fulfilling to them and then let alone get accolades for that it's crazy to me it's crazy and I just have this constant sense of it's like my brain received the information of the nomination and then a hundred people and if a hundred people in my brain are working there 89 (laughs) of them passed out or died the remaining 11 were like or there were and then 10 of them we're like, you know, it's all going to go away in a second. This is meaningless. And then, then, you know, everything's, we're all going to die. And then one person was like, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to listen to that one person, but also to the other people and then trying to revive the rest of everyone because, you know, I've got decisions to make. You, I mean, I don't know that you have time to do this right now. You might have to spend a little bit more time on that. No, yeah. I just have to revive them to like open the certified mail that I'm keeping under like eight textbooks (laughs) out of fear. (laughs) There's a lot to do. Um, Well, well deserved. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, no. I mean, if, if for nothing else, then... My God, the, the the grabbing the bridal bouquet at the end, I don't even know what, how are you standing? Like, how are you moving? And- I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, wrestling is definitely a, a brain jostling thing. And uh, I think acting is also a brain jostling thing. So I feel like my brain is like, okay, so you just spent three months um, con- uh, alternately telling me to sob and then flip over and land on my spine. Right. Um, that hurt and was disturbing. And now you're telling me congratulations. I, d- I quit. <laughs> you know, it's like highs and lows. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's all very overwhelming. Yeah, I I can't even imagine. I'm wondering how, like you come in for the day and you're Betty mm-hmm. and you have to be Debbie. Like mm-hmm. what is the first step in that process? Is it is it physical? Is it doing kind of inside work? Do you listen to music? Is there something you look at? Um. Oh, you mean like acting process-wise? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... You know, I've been working as an actor for almost 13 years, and most of that was theater. And from being used to being in theater where you have all this time on a set, you're waking up at 3 in the, 3.30 in the morning and uh, driving yourself to set and then, um, you know, having to kind of be a different person at 7 a.m. and, and, and immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not, like, magic special you're a starfish time right um uh so i think um a lot of what i had to figure out as an actor was like okay how can i create an environment where i feel comfortable because Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a very immediately comfortable confident person Mm -hmm. in a uh you know at lunch with my best friend, let alone like a room full of 200 strangers who are actively doing jobs that have nothing to do with your process. Right. You kind of have to uh, be a social worker on behalf of your own creativity. Um, so I think like, you know, that a lot of that has to do with doing homework by myself, you know, weird journaling stuff <laughs> to just kind of fill my brain so that my brain isn't doesn't have any room to be like what's that sound is this gonna be a good scene uh i'm like you know uh is the sound guy mad at me like you know i think it's just i'm trying to you know i my phone is full of like images of the weirdest pictures like a black duck on a red river or like medea with blood coming out of her like so that i'm thinking about that stuff and not actor neuroses oh that's good yeah I might have to try that, like, just in general. Like, Yeah, no, I mean, it's very helpful. Just fill the head until there's no room for Especially, like, now that I'm, you know, a, a benefit of being um, kind of on the sidelines acting-wise for 13 years is, like, no one's really fully watching you. Like, you can sort of fail for free and try weird stuff, uh-huh. and uh, you don't feel like the world is watching. Um now that Glow is successful and it feels like there's an audience, that can also kind of invade your brain when you're trying to be a different person and be creative because you're like, oh, I guess people are watching now. Mm-hmm. Are people, are, is the comments section gonna like this <laughs> choice that I'm making? Right. And that's a very hard thing to delete um, because it, it will put down all the steel doors in your brain to any access to, you know, a black duck on a red river. Absolutely. So you got to think about a black duck on a red river. All right. And not the comment section. And not the comment. Well, yeah. I mean, it's preaching to the choir here. But uh, <laughs> um, Debbie's hair is large mm. and full of secrets. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, is that a wig? Is that you? Like, what That's is the process? all my hair. No. I don't know how I'm not bald. It's all my hair. And I have, like, stringy, sad, lifeless, half wasp, half Irish Catholic like very sad hair um and teresa rivers who uh did hair on mad men just teases it into oblivion um i mean it's a literal stairway to heaven (laughs) uh and lana horchowski does our makeup she also did makeup on 
on Mad Men, and they're, I think, the best working team out there. They transform my face and hair into a different person. It's wonderful. I never get recognized because I look like a different person. I would, A, not say that your hair is sad or any of those other adjectives. It's very I mean, sad. I'm just looking at you right now. It is not very sad. It's in like a, a dorm bun. Dorm buns are great. I no, mean, to- I have a dorm I- ponytail right now, so that's maybe why I'm a little biased about this. But but yeah, um, I the scene where where Debbie breaks Ruth's ankle or sprains Ruth's ankle yes, hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some back and forth um, between. Did she mean it? Did she not? Yeah, was yeah, she just there out was of on set. Yeah. Talk to me about about like what you thought, what the conversations were about that scene. Yeah, I mean, I think that Debbie was. You know, her life is falling apart. And, uh, you know, in season one, her life kind of imploded. And I think season two is about the smoke is clearing from that explosion. And she's sort of having to build up a new identity. Um, And uh, I think there are things... She's very lonely and angry and feels very powerless and... What does that mean for a person who's built their personality on having status and being like a little self-righteous? You know, I think when the rug gets pulled out from under someone who is like a statusy person, I think they grab power where they can get it. And I think Debbie in her friendship with Ruth um, is, you know, the rest of the world is making her feel small and sad. So an interaction with Ruth is a great opportunity to put her down and feel powerful for one second. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she meant to break her ankle personally. I think that she was in a drunky, cokey rage and just saw, you know, whereas usual, usually she can kind of disappear into Liberty Bell and mm-hmm. be there for Zoya. I think all she saw in that moment was Ruth and I hate Ruth and I want to kill Ruth. I don't think she was like, I'm going to break her ankle. I don't think she has, you know, I don't think she's that talented. <laughs> <laughs> and then the scene following in that in the hospital room. Oh, yeah. my goodness. A, we'd been waiting for it for, you know, the better part of two seasons. Yeah. And B, it was just so powerful. It was so well done. It was so true to who they are. Um, did you and Allison, how much did you talk about it beforehand? Um, we didn't talk about it a ton. You know, I I get, uh, you know, emotional scenes like that. Um, it's like, it's acting-wise, it's going to sound so pretentious, but... <laughs> Um, it's like trying to coax a ghost into the room and the ghost hates uh, talking about itself or a boom mic or uh, weird sounds or cameras. So you have to like tell the ghost none of it's happening. It's not going to happen. Don't talk about it. Um, And then maybe you'll be blessed with the ghost for a second. (laughs) So anytime a director's like, hey, so emotionally for this scene, I'm like, ah, don't say anything let's just do it mm-hmm. um but yeah I think we were both really excited because you know Allie and I only had that one scene in the pilot where we were friends before um Ruth betrays Debbie and then they can't make eye contact for 20 episodes right, or right. uh so I think we were just excited to look each other in the eye and talk to each other mm-hmm. even though it was screaming yeah 
I it, it also sets up, it's a very new and weird place for them going into a potential hopeful Cross Our Fingers season three. Yeah. Also, there's no way there's not going to be a season three of the show. I but mean, anyway, I mean, I um, uh, <laughs> do you think there is, now that the air has been cleared, that there's the potential for them to, to be friends again? You know, I don't know if they can ever be friends again. I think, ugh, I just don't know if it would be realistic for them mm-hmm. to ever be fully fine. Um you know, I think that they're both very lonely and uh, need each other very much. And I think that they both are going through stuff where all they want to do is, like, curl up with their best friend and say, these are the ways in which I was hurt today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only problem is one of the reasons they're hurt is each other, um, <laughs> emotionally and physically. Um, so... I don't know if they'll ever be able to get over that. But Allie and I definitely have fantasies of, like, you know, they're running towards each other in an airport and sobbing each other's arms or at one of their mother's funerals. They show up. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Have you had any conversations about season three at all? Uh, With people who <laughs> people who might be shaping season three? I mean, not really, no. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really let the puppets in on what's going on. <laughs> um, you know, I guess we're going to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you think, Debbie? Like what what is her Vegas plan, do you think? Well, I've said before that I um, you know, as a friend of Debbie, I hope that she takes vitamins and has a nice happy life. As an actor, I want her to try crystal meth. <laughs> I want her to continue to unravel. You know, I told the showrunners, I was like, I never want to do a season where Debbie's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, that I, I just always want to be right. uh, unstable. I've played women who are fine for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, like, could you see her? I mean, we don't know a ton about her beforehand, aside from the soap, her kind of soap acting, right? Yeah. Do you see her, like, being like, maybe I want to try to get my own Vegas show? Like, do you think that would be something that she would oh, aspire man. to? Her own Vegas show. I just picture, like, feathers. Like, lots of feathers. I mean, I'm sure there will be feathers in our future, no matter what. Uh, no, yeah, I would be interested um, to see Debbie's acting life outside of GLOW, too, you know? Yeah. I always wonder, like, oh, did she test for Indiana Jones and blew the audition? Like, oh what, yeah, what does 1985 actress self-sabotage look like? <laughs> well, I want to I know see... what 2018 looks Stop. like. Stop. <laughs> I want to see, like, I want to see footage of the soap. Like, we haven't seen any of that, right? We've seen the opening credits. Right. Um, but no, yeah. No, I'd love flashback. I, I'm very interested in some flashbacks, A, to the soap, and B, to, you know, Allie and I are always saying, Alice and Brie and I are always saying, like, oh, I wish that we could flashback to when they were friends still, like some yeah. 1970s clubbing days, perhaps. <laughs> I really want to see that. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. I um, I was reading somewhere where you or you tweeted that when you get into wrestling training, all of a sudden you want to listen to, like, 80s hip-hop in your car and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Does does that last? Or do you get, like, real sick of all the 80s stuff by, like, midway through shooting? Yeah. the we ha- After the TCAs last week, we Netflix was like, we're throwing an 80s-themed party. And we were all like, we'll be there in modern clubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot more upkeep than now. There were no dorm so buns much. in the 80s. There were no dorm buns in the 80s. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, um, I was also... 
hearing you talk about getting a concussion. Yes, yeah. Where did that fall in the season? Was that toward the end? The last week, last yes. Week. Yep. Uh, it was uh, during the final episode. And yeah, it's so funny. I only just talked about it for the first time this week right. because I don't know. I was scared to talk about it. Um, and it was just a, a crazy thing that happened. And, um, you know, we it it's... Like a hundred car accidents being in like yes. like fender benders, but still you're even though it's staged, you're slamming your body over and over and over again. And yeah, I hit my head and just got a concussion. <laughs> but didn't know it at the time. Didn't know it and was like, uh, let's keep going. You know, it's being on set can often feel like it's conducive to one kind of personality mm-hmm. where you're like, I've entered the room and here's what I need. And that's pretty much the opposite of who I right, am. Right. And you know, our wrestling sequences, there's 300 people on set, you know, the audience and the crew and um, having to be like, S- everyone stop. I think I'm hurt was is just my living nightmare. So, yeah, I just kept you actually going. I mean, I'm just pointing out here. You actually were hurt like a concussion's not a paper cut. Like no, that. it's not. It's not. Yeah. No, I went to the doctor like a week later. <laughs> and she was like, you're an idiot. But now, you know, yeah, next year I, I will I will stop things. It's it's sad that you're preparing for your next concussion, but we'll just we'll just leave that there. Well, I did a movie with Dave Batista this year, mm-hmm. who's a former pro wrestler, and we mm-hmm. were talking wrestling shop, and I was like, Oh yeah, I got a concussion this year and he was like, It won't be your last. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Great. Sounds wonderful. Was there a storyline in uh, season two that was not Debbie's that you were really tied into, that you really were a fan of? Yeah, I mean, I think Allison Brie is unbelievable on the show. And I love, you know, I love watching the season because I get to see all the scenes that I'm not in that she's in. Yeah. And um, I love her and Russell's storyline, um, played by Victor Kinage. I think that he's amazing. Um, and so I loved watching her stuff. I love watching Mark's stuff. I think Britt Barron, uh, who plays Justine, is our next movie star. I, I think she's so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Kia Stevens, is who plays Tamay, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Welfare Queen, mm-hmm. um, is a great actor. Like, in episode four, I just think she's... You know, her soul is a thousand years old, and it's so amazing to watch. Yeah. You, I mean, there's no shortage of talent in that room at all. It's a talented room. When there's 16 of us on set, it's also a loud room. I was going to say, does it get, like, <laughs> I mean, is it hurting cats? Is it, like, what's the vibe? Any cat would die. I mean, <laughs> it, it would, it's it's so intense. You know, I um, am a craggy old woman inside and sometimes I'm like 545 we're really singing a part of your world all together alright what would I give just to live out of these oh my god I'm gonna kill myself um, but also I have you know like we have a secret Santa party at the end of every season or the last two seasons and it is just a person standing up and being like my secret Santa is Kimmy who is the most I mean, we're all just sobbing for two hours, giving each other, like, bracelets. Who was your secret Santa? The, Kimmy Gatewood, uh, one of the the um, toxic twins mm-hmm. or the uh, old biddies. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I'm obsessed with her. She's a budding director. She just got a membership to the DGA. Oh, She's cool. a mother. And I um, gave her a bowl of uh, specific compliments for my secret Santa. And I read them all out loud and was sobbing to the point I, I could I was yeah it's not just directly pouring into my own mouth and <laughs> filling my throat like I was a turkey in the rain what, that is a great secret Santa gift I'm gonna steal that every time yeah I have no one it's now. the best you just buy like a great novelty bowl uh, my bowl was um boobs <laughs> <laughs> fill it with specific compliments that they can then just read what if you don't like your secret Santa, though? That's a rough thing. I mean, there's no one, there are no duds. Yeah. Like, it's, everyone really is, and also, you know, being an actor, you get to know people so well, and to know someone is to love them. And even if there are things where you're like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that, you're like, well, it's because of your trauma when you were 10. I know <laughs> about that. You know, so you can explain away any behavior <laughs> because you know them. I was surprised how much I enjoyed the slowly burning, kind of dawning on me late Sam and Ruth thing. Yeah. Yes. Did, what was your, when you knew that was going to happen, like what was your first reaction? Well, at first I was a little disappointed because I was like, but Ruth and Debbie are the will they, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think their chemistry is amazing. And uh I think that that's such an interesting relationship to explore. I thought... I was like, oh, I wonder if, because I knew that they were going to write something where uh, they had to put Debbie on kind of an even playing field with Ruth in terms of hurting each other, or not even, but closer. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's like Debbie gets drunk and sleeps with Sam um, and hurts Ruth in that way. But instead, I just break her ankle like a mob boss i mean there might who knows what's going to happen coming up right i mean yeah that now made me very afraid you just <laughs> yeah. struck fear in my in my fan of glow heart yeah it's no good it's no good Gilfin. um the there was a quote in season one from a, there's a monologue that debbie has um when they're at the party and she's talking mm-hmm. about how for the first time her body is her own it doesn't yeah. belong to her husband it doesn't yep. belong to her kid that hit me so hard. Yeah. And I know that it echoes a theme um, that was in an essay that you wrote mm-hmm. um, last year as well. Talk to me about, like, is that something that you write in the essay that it kind of came to you as you were training this this revelation? Yeah. Is, did, did any of that inform the script? Did the script inform your revelation? Do you know what I mean? Like, how what was the genesis of that yeah, I think that it was pretty obvious that everyone, uh, you know, we all go through wrestling training together, all 15 of us. And... Um, it was in the air that everyone was kind of having a body revolution brain wise. Um, so yeah, I definitely think the writers picked up on that. I don't know if they were writing specifically to my feelings. Um, but yeah, you know, being an actress, uh, it's definitely, um, you know, easy to believe the business when it tells you the things about you that are valuable and lucrative are the things that are going to expire Mm -hmm. um you know your obliques and tricep muscles your dowry muscles basically um and your face uh and you know being kind of like a porny parade float instead of a human body Mm -hmm. um and this was the first you know i had always kind of been 
okay, I'll be an actor from the neck up and then from the neck down, I'll just try and keep this job and be in this tight dress. And even though I'm playing a lawyer, I'm dressed like, you know, right. I'm on Hollywood Boulevard in 1981, <laughs> just trying to get my crack hit. Um, but I, uh, this was the first job, <laughs> even though those are some of my costumes for Glow, <laughs> uh, you know, this was the first job where all of my body was required for the character in a powerful, functional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me be an actor uh, from head to toe. It made me bring my whole body into the character um, and not feel, uh, you know, I was I was able to kind of not completely kill, but definitely shrink the male gaze representative in my own brain, mm-hmm. telling me uh, what was valuable about myself physically. You know, I um, was able to be a powerful, functional person. My body was needed to throw people and catch people and protect people um, instead of, you know, mime a blowjob, which I've done more times than I care to admit in my career. Just trying to qualify for that SAG after health insurance. God. For real. I was miming a blowjob two days after my wedding. Oh, my goodness. What is running through your head as that's happening? Uh, you know, the Vietnam War, <laughs> Neptune, just trying to be somewhere else. Oh, my God. It's like a, I feel like like that's a whole other, like, you need therapy just for that. Like, that's a, you know. No, I have a pretty healthy sense of, I don't know, just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but the business is changing. It's very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that is pretty much No, it. we can't end on the blowjob. No, okay, let's not end on the blowjob. All right. Um I let's then let's add, let's end on the I w- I was like do not talk about baby Randy cuz baby Randy is possibly one of my favorite characters in the it's show. It's really Randy's story. It is, right? It's through I want a whole season through Randy's eyes. <laughs> I mean, did you notice that it's a different baby Randy in season two? Um, I only knew because you told me in an interview last year. Got but it, right, I probably right, right. would have had like baby goggles and just been like, cute kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that baby Randy season one is kind of like a Vincent D'Onofrio type. <laughs> Very method, grounded. <laughs> Uh, what's going on in that head of his. Season two, it was more of a, like, I would say, like, a Joaquin or <laughs> who's, like, gluing their furniture to the ceiling of a hotel room. It was more like Axl Rose. A little bit tougher to deal with. They're all twins, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I love them so dearly. But that scene where Cherry and Keith are looking at us playing in the ring, being like, maybe we should start a family. And it's supposed to be like a loving scene between me and the new baby Randy. Mm -hmm. He was screaming (laughs) and like hated me every time I came near him. He was like, like no couple would be like, let's start a family watching us. (laughs) It was a tough one. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And good luck at the Emmy. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.